0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of the TC betting pod coming at you with our week seven best bets coming off a hot 0-1 start I guess uh, me and Cody really need to start laying off these Thursday games that has not been good luck for us so far Saints almost pulled off the comeback for me but just fell short at the end there uh, but anyway Cody how are we tonight late on a Thursday evening uh, how are we feeling about our best bets this week
1: feeling pretty good uh like i said i was considering the under of 40 for one of my best bets in this game so very lucky (laughs) to not take that one otherwise this podcast would probably have some uh some down undertones to it but uh i did just want to say a quick piece on this game i know i was texting you a little bit during it but i the offensive coordinator for the saints just you got to come up with some some kind of creative play calls i mean in the first half you're anytime you had a big play that was needed. It was a downfield pass to Michael Thomas or a jump ball to Michael Thomas. And then on that fourth down, your your best play that you have in your play calling repertoire is to try and get it, sneak it behind the corner to Chris Olave. Just like, it was very frustrating to watch. Cause I was, very, I was rooting hard for the saints looking for that best bet to hit obviously for the podcast. And I mean, it was hard. I mean, they, this guy just could not come up with anything. It was basically dump downs or, Uh, slants or just crossers and that's all the Saints offense could do tonight just I don't know if it it was flipped and Doug Peterson the only play he was calling was just a toss-up ball like we would come on this podcast and be like what's going on with Doug Peterson and I don't know the offensive coordinator just drove me nuts all night long
0: yeah, it's hard for me to tell sometimes if it's the offensive coordinator if that's just Derek Carr's tendency. I mean the uh the quick throw like you're you're talking about at the fourth down, that's probably just obviously the the play call in the huddle was that. But a lot of the just endless dump downs to Alvin Kamara just seems like that's sort of just David Carr David Carr. Derek Carr's MO uh at this point in his career. Maybe the shoulder injuries, not no, not completely past that, but Uh, A bit of a frustrating night. I mean, the the New Orleans offense did basically what I expected them to. The defense just did not hold up their end of the bargain. The New Orleans understreak finally came to a crashing end, not even close, 20-plus points over the uh, the total there. But, Cody, let's go ahead and wash that one away. Give me your first best bet of the weekend.
1: For sure. For this one, we're going to go to Baltimore. We are going to take the Ravens, a minus three at home versus the Lions. This is one that Nick brought up during the preview. And I'm just going to take my chances here. The Lions don't have a lot of teams on the schedule that I'm going to feel confident betting against them. The Ravens are going to be one of those teams. I'm just curious to see what Jared Goff looks like. He's going to have a very limited run game in this one. I would feel a lot better if it was minus two and a half. It probably would have been my lock at minus two and a half, but I could see this game ending on a field goal difference. So, um, you know, but with that being, you know, we got Jared Goff outdoors in Baltimore with a limited run game. This just seems like a smash opportunity to bet against him. Um, So I'm going to take the Ravens minus three. I did have a little bit of a nugget here to throw on top of it. I think the Lions are really good. I do think they have a good chance to finish as the number one seed in the NFC. When you look at their schedule, they're currently plus 440 to finish as the number one seed. I like that. I'd sprinkle a little bit on it now. If they take the loss this week to Baltimore, those odds should go up with another loss on their record so that is just a bet that uh, I will be placing a little bit on that I think the listeners should consider as well but Nick how do you feel about Ravens minus three
0: yeah obviously like it quite a bit Uh, I was uh, not fading the Lions last week me and you did a personal beer bet and uh, the Lions ended up proving me right there on the road against Tampa but I think this seems like a better spot to fade them public is all over the Lions lots of tickets on the Lions money is mostly on the Ravens uh again yeah this just kind of seems like a spot where the lions are a little beat up on offense especially it's going to be outside it's going to be a a bit of a weather game should be a little rain and it should be pretty cold in the northeast in general this weekend and uh, baltimore will be experiencing some of that so you would hope uh from the baltimore side of things that you are getting kind of the edge here as far as, you know, being the more dynamic run offense, uh, especially because the Lions don't have David Montgomery and I have a banged up Jameer Gibbs and a banged up Craig Reynolds. Uh, just a tough spot. There's going to be a lot on Jared Goff's shoulders if they go into Baltimore and pull this thing off. Uh, yeah, I mean, their path to the one seed is wide open and they might legitimately be a top three team in the NFL. I really like the Lions, but uh, this just seems like kind of a letdown spot for them.
1: Yeah, and if they lose this game by you know four or five points, even up to a touchdown, I'm not going to change my opinion on them. This is just no, no. This is the letdown spot for the Lions. This is one that you could almost have as a scheduled loss if you were looking at their schedule ahead of the season. You probably wouldn't have thought that they were going to go into Baltimore and take a win there.
0: Yeah, the only kind of narrative that is going against the Ravens is just them coming back from London. So hopefully that does not uh, you know sway their offense too far because I think they've really had a lot of bad luck. They've, they've been okay scoring-wise so far. I think they're around league average uh, in total points, but they just have been horribly inefficient in the red zone. So if they could cash in on a couple of those opportunities, they should be able to win this game. Uh, my first best bet of Sunday is going to be Cleveland at Indy under 41. I just saw it ticked to 40.5 on uh, my app that I follow. That's a Yahoo app, so I'm not sure which book that they follow. But uh, if you can grab it at 41, I would. It looks like it's heading the other direction. Uh, I think this is just a, you know, I mean, you look at this, you're going to probably have two backup quarterbacks on both sides. Cleveland's defense has been basically one of the best defenses in the past 40 years through five games, the least amount of total yards uh, since I believe like 1980 uh, was the stat. So I gave that out on uh, the initial preview pod a couple days ago, but uh, I don't even care if it's a banged up to Sean Watson. I wouldn't change my opinion that much on this Browns offense. I think they're going to have trouble pushing much past 20 against a somewhat underrated Indianapolis defense on the road and Gardner Minshew against the uh, the Browns unit that just made Brock Purdy look pretty foolish is a good bet as well. So we just have to avoid a defensive touchdown in this one and we should be all right. Uh, but yeah, Cleveland at Indy under 41. Indy does play a bit of a fast paced offense. So that kind of scared me off of it a little bit, but it just makes a little sense for them to kind of focus on the run game. I wouldn't think uh, if you are the Indianapolis offensive coordinator, I I don't think you want Gardner Minshew dropping back 40, 45 times against this Cleveland Browns unit. It would make a little more sense for them to kind of uh, just try and control the clock and help Gardner out a little bit, especially after last week.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, You will not hear me argue very much against unders. Very, very smart better. usually take a lot of unders just in general, So um, I, I agree with you on that one. I did actually, I was just refreshing Twitter. I wanted to go ahead and bring this up. If you are listening or watching on the YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And then also go through and follow us on Facebook and then follow my Twitter account. I always post all the graphics out there every weekend for our best bets as well as our locks and everything. So if you have any that you, or if you're not able to listen or watch the show any given week, you can find those things on there. And actually, one more thing about Thursday Night Football because I forgot I found this. Did you see the play? It was right before the two-minute warning. Derek Carr looked over at the sideline, and he was running the, uh, the hit-the-joint play. was the one he was trying to get off right before the two-minute warning. So, the if second you've... half or the first half? No, right at the end of the game. At the end of the game when they were trying to push the field and he was like looking over and was signaling that over to his receiver. So whatever that is in the (laughs) Saints offensive playbook, it was awesome. awesome. I ended up clipping it, getting it on Twitter. So if you want to see what it is, go follow my Twitter as well. Um, But that is enough of that. Enough self-plugging for the boys. My lock of the week is going to be my second bet here. I'm going to take the Vegas at Chicago under 37 and a half. Obviously sucks if you have any of the premier fantasy options here, whether that's Josh Jacobs, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams. But you get the anticipated Brian Hoyer versus Tyson Badgett matchup we were all hoping to get going into the season here. So it is what it is. I just don't see either of these teams being able to put up a bunch of points. Uh, I know obviously these defenses aren't very good, but I just I I feel okay betting against Hoyer and Badgett. Weather doesn't look like it's going to be a big factor. Doesn't really scare me off of this under. I thought that this was going to be a pretty square bet. I thought that people were going to be all over this under, and you usually don't want to be on public unders. Those do not have a good win percentage, but 61% of the bets are still on the over. I found that pretty interesting. So lock of the week, Vegas at Chicago under 37.5 points.
0: It's ballsy. Uh, anything with a three in front of it on the under column takes uh, some sack to, to put your money down on, especially putting your lock on a number at 3-7. Uh, that is uh, it's tough to do in the NFL, but a lot of time, like you said, these are, these are the kind of plays that end up cashing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think you're the only thing you have to avoid here is just you have to hope Hoyer or Badgant do not help the other team out uh, by giving them short fields or just straight up touchdowns on the defensive side. So similar situation to the Cleveland Indy game. We have a couple back quarterbacks. We just hope that they are not helping the defenses out. Keep it conservative. And uh, yeah, you should be just fine in this one if that is the case. Yeah. My lock of the week is going to be Pittsburgh at the LA Rams. Uh, Rams favored by three points. We are laying the three and taking the Rams here. Uh, I am kind of going against the Sharps on this one. A lot of stats that you could pull up about Tomlin coming off a bye. Tomlin as a dog. Tomlin in his career a very very profitable coach to back as a better uh, especially against the spread but uh, I'm just looking at the football here. Uh, it's a really bad matchup for the Steelers. In my opinion, um, the, 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 Los Angeles Rams defense is a lot better than we expected it to be coming into the year. They have been top half in the league against both the run and the pass. Uh, not they, they're, they're basically, you know, they're kind of mid pack. I would say maybe a little, a slightly above average cause they have played somewhat of an easy schedule from the defensive side. Uh, it's kind of goes up and down, but, um, Regardless, I don't think this Pittsburgh offense is going to be able to light it up uh, the way that they're going to need to to keep up with this Rams unit that uh, supports two incredible wide receivers on the outside, and Pupa Nakua and Cooper Cup. That is exactly where the Steelers have trouble. Uh, if you're looking for a fantasy angle, they are dead last in points allowed to the wide receiver position. Uh, from fantasy perspective, and that just means a lot of production for these two on the outside. So I, I don't see the, them matching up very well for the Rams in this game. I think the Rams are going to be able to score into the high twenties and I don't see Pittsburgh pushing much past 20. Uh, I am surprised this is at three. I think it will tick to three and a half before the game starts. So I would lock it in at three while you can, because uh, I am, you know, a little bit scared of Tomlin. He just always seems to keep these games close, but only laying three points. I think worst case scenario we're pushing here.
1: I agree with you 100%. So one of the betting podcasts that I listen to with a professional better on it Um, he's, they typically back the Steelers in almost any positive Tomlin spot, And he himself even said that this is not a good spot for the Steelers. Um, I think he left this out of their like contest that they do that they, you know, rank all their games on and whatnot. But he said, if he was betting it, he would take the Rams side as well, which as a listener today, I was very surprised when I had heard that. So I was curious how it was going to, how I was going to feel about this one. Um, and th- this is what he said to rip directly off of them. If you look up at any point and see the Rams up by 14 points in this game, whether it's in the first half or not, the Steelers are basically cooked at that point. So, um, you know, your best bet if you're betting on the Steelers is it's a very low scoring game and Kenny Pickett hits his traditional deep shot to george pickens towards the end of the game for a backdoor cover or a win or whatever it happens to be so i don't see that happening either i like the rams minus three and i think that's a good lock for this week uh nick actually hit his lock of the week last week well i had to take the loss on mine so make sure to tail a little bit on rams minus three my third bet of the week we are going Chargers at Kansas City under 48 points. We are rooting against points this week on the Fantasy Betting Podcast. There's only been one Chargers-Chiefs game that go under a 48 total since the Mahomes and Herbert era has began. And it was Herbert's very first game in the NFL when he was kind of sprung into action last minute because they stuck... Uh, I believe it was Tyrod Taylor um, in his long oh, Yeah, so, oh, yeah. yeah. So these teams have a tendency to score quite a bit on each other, but this is by far the best defense that the chiefs have had in the Mahomes era. Currently only allowing 14.7 points per game. I will say they have a, they have had somewhat of an easy schedule, but as we saw this past Monday, the chargers offense is not fully there right now. Um, I'm sure the loss of Mike Williams, plus the, the hand injury to Herbert—I know it's not his throwing hand—but still probably throws him off a little bit. Both these teams have potentially dangerous offenses. It does scare me just a little bit there when you think, you know, twenty-seven, twenty-four. It definitely seems somewhat plausible for the final in this game, but with with how good the Chiefs' defense is playing, I'm just going to ride their unders. I also kind of like the the Chargers minus or plus five and a half. Um, but I saw on a couple different betting podcasts and platforms that some sharps like the chiefs minus five and a half. So I said, I'm going to stay away from that completely. And I'm just going to take under 48.
0: Yeah. Uh, both of these offenses have a lot of trouble creating the big play too. Uh, especially since the Chargers lost Mike Williams, they don't really yep. have anybody that can beat you over the top. Similar to the chiefs. They, uh, have been struggling with that all year. So Both these offenses are going to have to be really on point in this one to hit this over. It's going to be tough for the Chargers because they are playing a really good defensive unit on the road, and the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have just been a little, uh, you know, just not cohesive so far this year, especially lately, and really, they've really struggled in the red zone. I believe their success rate is below average, which is really unheard of for a Mahomes-Reed team, so... Uh, If Those trends continue the under 48 should be pretty safe. Uh, Yeah, we are we're hoping the the under trend continues this week at least and uh, I think I think most of the uh, the general betting public is kind of on our side with that one as well. I will go ahead and skip to the Monday night game because me and Cody are overlapping on our last best bet. So I'll save that one for Cody to kick off and then we can kind of uh, play off each other there. But I'm going to take San Francisco minus six and a half at Minnesota on Monday night. San Fran's coming off a tough loss. I'm hoping we get one or two of Trent CMC and Debo. If you want to wait, you can, but just know that once one or two of these guys is ruled in, that number is probably going to tick to seven, maybe even above seven. I've seen it bouncing back and forth between six and a half and seven, probably due to the various practice reports that have come out this week. But trust me, when uh, Trent Williams and CMC or Debo is ruled in, uh, the the Niners will be over a touchdown favorite in this one, as they should be. Uh, I, I just think, again, they're coming off that loss in Cleveland. It it doesn't it shouldn't really change your opinion of the San Francisco team. We we gave you all the stats about how Jim Schwartz led defenses give Kyle Shanahan offenses trouble. And they ended up doing that in that game. But just because Jake Moody missed a 41-yard field goal does not really change my outlook on the San Francisco 49ers at all. They're still one of the best teams in the NFL. Minnesota, a horrible win against Chicago. I mean, one of the worst wins you can have as a team. I mean, looking really bad against that Chicago defense on the road. 19 points, seven of them on defense. Uh, I just don't really see how they get much done against this 49ers union. And uh, if the offense is even close to full strength for the 49ers, I will feel really good about this one.
1: Absolutely. I believe Adam Schefter reported on Monday that um, both CMC and Debo have a decent possibility of playing this week as well. So um, yeah, I like it. Like you said, if, if Moody makes that kick and even with these injury concerns, you know, San Francisco is probably minus eight and a half or maybe not, maybe seven and a half. Maybe I feel maybe eight and a half. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, And this is just one of those where again i just i could see san francisco just being able to run all over minnesota even without cmc if he happens to be the one that misses they got plenty of running backs they can cycle through and a pretty stellar offensive line hopefully trent williams is able to come back but um even even without they still have an above average offensive line so I like that one quite a bit. Uh, Before we get into our shared one, got one more. Packers at Broncos. We're going to take the under 45. Nick was supposed to be in attendance for this game, but decided he didn't want to see two incompetent offenses battle it out in Denver. So I do not blame you. (laughs) This is is simply just a bet against these offenses. I was contemplating taking the Broncos and the points at home, but I just can't take a team that, is potentially tanking, um, you know, to get a a different quarterback in there as soon as possible. It's still early, not saying that they are, but they are struggling quite a bit. Uh, Where are my notes here? There we go oh man my notes didn't save over but pretty much the Packers had been pretty bad since week two I believe they put up 24 on the Falcons after that they've only put up 20 on the Lions and the Lions pretty much had that game in hands in the first half so I'm yeah. sure that there was a little bit of sleepwalking in the second half um, so yeah again I think Jordan Love has looked very very bold has looked Average to probably below average ever since he tore up the Bears in week one, and we've obviously have come to see how bad that defense is. Um, no need to go in-depth on the Broncos offense. We've talked about them plenty on this podcast before. They're definitely a fadable offense right now with Russell Wilson. So, you know, both these teams getting over 20 points in my mind seems pretty almost impossible. So I'm just going to take the under 45. Again, rooting against points this week on the Fantasy podcast.
0: Yeah, when you have two bad teams uh, and a line that's hard to read at plus one minus one, one way or the other, I think the the safe bet is just a bet against uh, two below average quarterbacks to not score points. Um, so, the the bet the the, the pros are kind of split on this one. Looks like the the bets are pretty much dead even on the over and the under. I'd like to talk to somebody that is in the industry. I just want somebody to explain to me why they would be on the over in this game. I mean, I guess you're just hoping that. Uh, The bad defense has overcome the bad offense. But usually in the NFL, uh, if you want to bet on one or the other, you know, bad defense will beat out bad offense more often than not. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening. The Packers actually have an an above average unit, too. So I think under 45 is a solid bet Uh, in this one. Again, yeah, we are really leaning on a lot of the unders here. Cody and I are sharing our last one because we both like it uh, quite a bit here. Philadelphia on Sunday night, minus two and a half against Miami. We are going to take the birds in Philly to cover that two and a half point spread. Uh, basically, in my opinion, the way that the Miami Dolphins have been you know, shown to have weakness early in the year, they played the Buffalo Bills. They were able to get pressure on Tua by only rushing four. Uh, Philadelphia has the man, uh, manpower to do that as well. Uh, and the great run D is kind of the other factor here. The bills were able to shut down the run, uh, the run game of the dolphins in that game, make them one dimensional. And it really, you know, it really, uh, mucked things up for the dolphins. They have beaten up on a lot of bad competition too. I think that kind of gets lost in, uh, their incredible start as good as it's been. They've played the Denver defense. They've played the Carolina Panthers at home. They've played the New York giants at home. They've gotten a pretty good, uh, Pretty good start to the schedule here besides that Bills game, the Chargers in week one. So this will be a real test for Miami. It's going to be cold. It's going to be rainy in Philly. Uh, If they come out of this one with a win, I think we can, you know, uh, we can we can throw away any notion that this team is not legit. But uh, yeah, and then the, the other side of the ball, I love the matchup of the Eagles defense, Eagles offense against this below average Miami unit. They're below average against the run and the pass. I think uh, Jalen hurts and the uh, Eagles offense should be able to do really whatever they want uh, against this Miami defense. And they should be able to cover the spread pretty easily
1: absolutely i'm all over it as well philadelphia minus two and a half uh this wasn't consideration for my lock that's how good i feel about it i honestly kept it away from my lock because i knew that you also liked this one quite a bit so mm-hmm. did not know if you were thinking the same thing there but my my biggest two. stat here tua has been sacked six times total this season four of those times were by the bills when they played a couple of weeks ago when pressure comes oh. tua is a different quarterback. And, like you said, the Eagles can rush for and get to the quarterback pretty easily. Uh, Jalen Carter looks like he's going to play. Darius Slayton, or Slay, I'm sorry. Darius Slay looks like he's going to play. Lane Johnson looks like he's going to play. So, that was a lot of the concern coming into this week with Philadelphia with some injuries, but it looks like they're all going to end up suiting up. We'll see if there's any limitations, but. Uh, i know this is a big game but again it's a non-conference opponent you know in the middle of the season if these guys weren't healthy i don't think that they would force them out there so i also love philadelphia minus two and a half uh nick you want to go ahead and kick it off with the first fantasy teaser of the year
0: yes uh let me pull that up real quick um so, uh, for those of you who are not familiar teasers, uh, we're going to, it's, uh, it's similar to a parlay, but basically the way that they usually work in the NFL, there are different kinds of teasers, uh, that you can, you know, look through depending on your book. But, uh, the, the most basic one is you pick three teams. You're going to get six points on the line for each one of those teams and, um, uh, and your your odds are going to be your your odds aren't going to be what they would be for a normal three-team parlay against the spread, but they are still going to get you to one and a half most of the time. Depends on your book again and uh the difference in the spread that you're getting. But I am taking a six-point teaser, three-team teaser. Uh we are taking the Seattle Seahawks, minus one and a half, the San Francisco 49ers, minus one, and uh the uh, shoot, who I have here? Um Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, plus four and a half. Yes, so that that was my last one. But I like all these teams quite a bit. Obviously, the first two we talked about in the uh, the pod itself. But uh, the Seattle Seahawks have been getting a lot of juice from uh, the the general public and the uh, the betters, the the sharp betters on this side of things as well. They've, They've been taking minus seven and a half for Seattle. So if you want to bet them straight up, I would probably put that in my honorable mentions as well. But Uh, Yeah, I I think this is going to be a a better way for us to give you guys some juice instead of, uh, you know, just these straight bets. The parlays are really a sucker's bet at the end of the day. So uh, these teasers can be fun and there are actually there is some value to be had here. So lock those three in for uh, your teaser.
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely. I actually was just going to double check. Bang! I did actually hit both of my player props on Thursday night football. Both the uh, Christian nice. Kirk over five, over four and a half catches, and then Christian Kirk over forty yards and Camara over fifty rushing yards. I was a little concerned because Camara was hovering right around forty for the majority of that second half. So. He must have had a uh, run that I was not paying enough attention to. But, yeah, basically what we're getting at is we want to provide you guys with real bets that are going to cash and make you money. Parlays and higher odd bets are a lot of fun, and you feel really good when you hit one out of ten, but they are a quick way to lose your bankroll in betting. So, uh, Nick, I know we go ahead and run through those three again because I know there was a little bit of a pause for the listeners. I know Seahawks plus four and a half.
0: Uh, so Seahawks Seahawks minus one and a half. Uh, so it's seven. The, the, the line is seven and a half. So you get six points. Seahawks minus one and a half. The 49ers minus one half point. So they just basically need to win that game, and then uh, the Eagles plus four and a half because the line is at two and a half. And, that was uh, you, it was You okay. get four and a half points with the Eagles. Yeah.
1: Perfect. All right. I like all three of those absolutely. And then um, I, to kind of switch it up a little bit, I am going to throw out a college football, I guess, lock of the week, if you want to call it, to basically the one college football bet that I will be betting. Um, and there's actually two that I'm actually interested in, but my what I'm going to consider my lock is going to be Michigan minus 24 at Michigan State. And I know it's a lot to hang there, but Michigan is by far the superior team in this matchup, and they have been blowing teams out left and right uh, the total is 46, and I think there's a chance Michigan State scores 10 or less points, and that total ends up hitting. So I like Michigan quite a bit. I think they're the best team in college football right now. So I'll hang the 24, and then in consideration, Utah plus seven at USC is in there as well. Utah's defense has just had Caleb Williams' number in the past, and uh, only reason I didn't I didn't make that one my college football lock was uh, you know. USC and Caleb Williams are coming off a pretty tough loss last week, so I bet they're going to be pretty fired up. Didn't want to bet money against that, so Michigan minus twenty four. And if you're a little, if you're feeling dangerous, put Utah plus seven in there as well. But uh, to go ahead, I'll go ahead and go through my five real quick, just to recap here at the end of the pod. I'll let Nick go through his four. We got Ravens minus three at home against the Lions. Las Vegas at Chicago under thirty seven and a half, and we're going to lock that one up as our lock of the week. Chargers at Kansas City, under 48. Packers at Broncos, under 45. And then Philly at home, minus 2.5 versus the Dolphins.
0: My four of the week. We are following Cody with Miami at Philadelphia, minus 2.5, backing the Eagles at home on Sunday night. Cleveland at Indy, under 41. Pittsburgh at the Rams, we're taking the Rams, minus 3. San Francisco, minus 6.5 at minnesota on the road on monday night bounce back game for them after that tough loss at cleveland last week
1: awesome all right like i said make sure to go check us out on social in case you ever miss a week i will make sure to get the graphics and the best bets posted out there make sure you're subscribed make sure you like make sure you comment share it with someone else the best part about switching from fantasy football to betting is you have no reason not to share with anybody because we are not doing anything but providing people with some winning bets so might as well make some money with your friends Nick, have fun in Denver. I, you leave tomorrow morning, right? Friday morning? Yes, sir. Hell yeah, man. Have a good time. Everyone, let us know if you're tailing in the comments which one, which bets you like the best. And uh, we will talk to you guys on Monday, wrapping up week seven. Peace out. Peace. Oh, I'm so tired. All
0: right, Brody.